Well, good morning. It is great to see you. Oh, I love it. Are you doing good? All coffeeed up? How many of you already had a big hot breakfast somewhere? You're, oh, look at that. Look at you. Great to see you. Thanks for joining us. Hi, everybody online. Thank you for being with us. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited about all these new things happening, and uh, we're, we're having a really fun time building the well. It's going to become a really powerful resource on almost any topic as we just continue to add to it through the years in the ministry here. I want to just uh, say a couple of things about uh, something else that's happening today that I want to personally invite you to with my wife, Bonnie, and that's called Summit One. We have two classes in Summit, but it starts with Summit One and it happens today, just a couple hours from now. So if you want to come back at 1230 or so, just across the hall in our South Auditorium, Bonnie and I want to join you, meet you, you'll meet some of our staff, we'll feed you lunch, take care of your kids, it doesn't get any better than that. And uh, we'll get to know you. Then we'll spend about an hour together after that, walking through the kind of uh, philosophy, values, core values of Timberline Church, why we do what we do. And it's a, it's a really fun uh, but, but meaningful class. So it's worth your time if you're new around here, and we would love to meet you. The second thing is, I, I've mentioned a couple times, our new giving platform. Those of you that electronically give online are going to need, you're, you're getting some information already, but you're going to continue to get some uh, email on instructions, how to re-sign up. I'm sorry, you have to enter your details again. I don't like that, but we do. It's going to save us in some fees and some other things. It's a better platform for us. And so please, and you'll notice there's three main funds, one for each campus. It's called a priority fund. And uh, that's for Windsor, Timberline Road, and Old Town. And then from that priority fund, we're able to take percentages out of that to do things like helping Ukraine, like helping uh, Convoy of Hope. Because what's happening now, we have so many tabs that come down. A lot of people don't know what all those words are. You know, what, what are we doing with all this? So there will be times when we add a tab for something spe special or specific. But for the most part, priority giving is where we want you to be giving. And thank you. I mean that. Thank you for just being so generous. I look at how God is using this church. And you know what I feel like? We're just like a big funnel. And it's just given and it just keeps on going. And we don't keep anything in between. And I, I'm so proud of you for that and thankful that you are giving the way you are giving. So it really means a lot. Well, we are in this series, as Nikki mentioned, Healthy Mind. And it's, a, it's, a, it's really challenging me. I'm, I, I've had quite a week walking through some of the scenarios that I'm going to talk with you about today. Today's sort of the kickoff for the whole series. We're going to be looking at quite a few topics in this, but today is more of a general topic of your brain. How many of you have one? You know, I know you do. I, I was thinking this week as I was doing some monitoring of my brain and uh, a little journal that I've been carrying around and how and why I think like I do, and I've decided that my brain has its own brain. And it just goes off somewhere. And I'm like, whoa, 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 that's, that's what is that? You know, so, so we're going to have some fun talking about what this means. But I want to read something to you. This series is simply called Healthy Mind, God Help Us. Because we do need his help with our thinking. Thinking is everything, as you'll see and we talk about it. There's a passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that some of you are familiar with. But I want to read it in a new format. I typically 
typically read from like uh, NIV or NLT, but I rarely read from the message. And the message is a great paraphrase of the Bible, which kind of expands it a little bit. And I want you, maybe you know this passage and you want to just sit back and close your eyes and listen to me read it, but it's about the brain and it's about the world and the corrupt systems of the world and how we have to be careful not to buy into those systems. So just let me read it and you just listen and then we'll talk about it. The world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have, never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or for manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. That's, that's talking about the culture that we live in. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, for tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. And I know that's a lot but I want us to dive into what that means and how we can live it out. And I want to make you a promise. Throughout this series, you're not going to feel like it's a, and I just say it like this, a try harder series. Because I get worn out by those. I, I sometimes get sick of trying. How about you? It's like, I know, I know. I can't do it. I failed. Give me an F. I'm done. So I'm not going to do that with you. I, I, I think we, all of us on our teaching team, are really committed not to just say try harder, because sometimes trying harder just doesn't work. But instead, I believe you have everything in you, according to Scripture, you have the power of God in you if you've believed in Jesus Christ through the resurrection power of God. And I'm going to read this to you, and listen to this, because this is a very powerful promise when you start a series like this about your behavior and your thinking. And it's in 2 Peter 1.3, and I'm just going to read one sentence of it, and it says this. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. True or false? You really believe that's true? So you already have all the tools. You have everything you need to do what we're going to be talking about today. Everything. It's in you. Now, you might not know how to properly structure it. How many of you have ever cooked something using a recipe? All the ingredients are there. You can have all the ingredients. How many of you believe you can still mess it up if you don't do it right, even with all the ingredients? Some of you are shaking your head like by experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can. You can have all the ingredients, but you know, you need to know how to use them. Someone could gift you a car, and they say, there's a new Ferrari. I put it in your garage. And you go, I'm in. You open your garage, and it's all in pieces. <laughs> Every part is separated. It's all there. All you have to do is assemble it. It's all there. 
And sometimes I feel like that's what we need to understand in our faith walk. Some people pray like, God, give me more patience or give me more. You don't need to pray that. You, you have what you need. You just have to practice it. You have to learn how to put it together, how to assemble it. You have all the gifts from God. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. So, so know that you have what you need to walk through these topics. And not every week is your deal. You might not live in depression at all. But you're going to learn something about your thinking next week when we talk about depression. Or then anxiety or contentment. We're going to talk about contentment. How do you have it? How do you know when you have it? And you want more contentment. That's a joke. Do you get it? <clears throat> you don't just, you know, if I said tomorrow morning we're going to all run a marathon together and we're going to run it in under three hours. We could try harder and still not do it, right? You could try and try and try and try and try and never do it. So, so that's why, I don't know, it's been over a decade ago we, we've started this phrase saying it to you, and there's books written about it, stop trying, start training. Stop trying and start training. If you have the tools you need, now I don't know that everyone could run a marathon in under three hours, but if we spent the next year training seriously, many of, many of you could run a marathon in under three hours because of training, but not tomorrow because it takes time. The renewing of the mind doesn't happen tomorrow. Or today, it happens through time by the decisions you make. And so I want you to give yourself some slack today. I don't want you to feel frustrated like, man, I can't get out of this hole. My thinking is warped because of the way I grew up and my, my needs that I have, my relationships that I keep blowing up. All of us are victims of what happened to us somewhere back there. How we're raised, abandonment, all of us have issues. But God has given us a new mind. And God has given us everything we need to live for him. So keep that in mind as we walk through this. So number one in your outline, if you're following along on the app or if you picked up a sheet with the outline on it, is simply this. My thinking matters most. My thinking matters most. And I'm not sure how much I have thought about my thinking. And in these last few weeks, knowing this series is coming and I'm kicking it off, I've been thinking a lot about my thinking. And it's pretty weird. Um, I, I wonder how many times a judge in the court system hears words. We, through the years, it's been fun to talk to judges. We've had a few here at Timberline and, and to see, you know, kind of what their life m must be like. But I bet judges hear so many times someone say, I, I just wasn't thinking straight. How many of you as a parent have heard that before? I, I just wasn't thinking, Dad. I just wasn't thinking, Mom. Well, that's, that's a truth. There's, there's truth in that. Sometimes we are not really thinking. As a matter of fact, on a serious note, I think that's why these brain diseases, Alzheimer's, dementia, all these things are so very sad. Because it takes someone out. When they, they no longer have the capacity to know who they are or remember or have relationship, all that's taken away and it's it's so tragic so I have a couple questions for you as we dive into this do all actions start with your mind what do you think does it all start in your brain the way you think now I know there's such a thing as a reflex you know you sit on the table 
there's a reflex that, that maybe isn't just a mind thing, but, but typically all of your actions and behaviors start right, right here. So if I say, hold out your right hand in front of you, you can do that. But, but you've processed it really quickly, and your brain is giving you permission to hold out your right because you have a function that attaches that to your motor skills, and you're able to hold your right hand out in front of you. Do all, does all sin start with the mind? <laughs> I'm not trying to ask trick questions, I promise. Does it, does it start with the mind? Do all addictions start with the mind or with my thinking? You need to ponder this because your answers really matter. So we're talking about that. It's not easy. Living a life that is renewed in my mind, as Scripture calls it, takes time and energy. But you have all the tools. Okay, don't forget that. You have what you need. But it's going to take pulling those things out and getting them structured in a way that you can win the battle of your mind. Because there is a battle there. Scripture talks about it. Number two in your outline, becoming a living and holy sacrifice. What does it mean when Romans 12, 1 and 2, some of you are familiar with this passage, it's pretty well known, a lot of articles written on it, books written about it, the renewing of the mind and presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice to please God. This is a great place for us to start the study of the mind and our pattern. So I'm just going to read it, the first verse, part of the first verse. And so, dear brothers and sisters, this is Paul writing to the church in Rome. I plead with you to give your bodies. This is talking about your actual body. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Does your body include your mind? Yep, it does. Let your bodies be a living and holy sacrifice. What, what, what's the tee off for the word sacrifice? What would that do to the people in this culture? Death. The lamb, offering a sacrifice. But Paul does a play on words, a living and holy sacrifice. So you don't have to die. Why? Who died? He is risen, right? He died. So now I can present my body as a holy and a living sacrifice. The kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship God. How is this done? Giving my body, my mind, my thought processes. And I, there's a key word that's going to be underlined in everything we talk about these next few weeks. It's the word surrender. Surrender is everything in this series. And I can honestly tell you, I don't think you fully know when you're really surrendered or not. I think some people say, I've surrendered that to God, but honestly, they haven't. I'm just throwing that out there. It's easy to say, hard to do. Am I really surrendered to God? And, and not just saying it, but living it out. And how do I become a steward of this word? How do I offer my body, my mind, in a way that is a living sacrifice to honor God? Number three, where does my behavior actually come from? This question will be pondered every week. And... I think it's, 
there's a root in which all of us, our behavior comes from some similar things, but sometimes your behavior is based on something a little different than mine because of our life experiences. Romans 12, verse 2 says this. After it says to offer our bodies, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Why is that? Because that behavior and those customs are not pleasing to God. This is talking about the sinful nature and how man's tendency is to think in a way of that sinful nature which causes a behavior and a pattern that is not the pattern of offering my body as a holy and living sacrifice. Everybody still with me? So keep, keep this rolling in your, in your mind and in your heart. And, you know, how do we learn? How, what, how is our behavior created? I've, I've watched, you know, our three kids grow up. I remember as when they were children. I remember when they were born. I remember watching them mimic me, doing everything that, that I was doing, doing everything their siblings were doing. That's how they learn. It's just a phenomenal thing to watch a child. So my behavior is dependent on a few things. Now, there's three things that I'm going to talk about that I'd love for you to just not come to a conclusion about it today, but put it in the process of thinking about it. The first word is capability. Capability. So my behavior is going to always be conditioned by my capability. Let me, let me give you this example. A child must become capable to roll over. When they're born, they can't roll over. You could, you could stand there and say to your kid ten times, roll over, roll over, roll over. <laughs> Are they going to do it? No. Why? They're not capable. Walk, walk, walk. Remember that? They roll over, then they sit up finally. Then they, they crawl a little bit. Then they crawl a lot and you wish they couldn't crawl. <laughs> and they walk and then they run. Then they grow up, you know. Why? Because they're now capable. That's a big word in terms of behavior. I, I have to be capable. It's even a big word in court systems and justice, but we won't go there. Number two, this is even a bigger word in my opinion, available, availability. So my capability but availability, my, my patterns are dependent on availability. So I'm going to really jump out to an extreme to illustrate the point. If you never have an illegal drug in your home, is it true that you will never use illegal drugs in your home? Go like this. Yes. Why? Because it's not available. Now this, is, this really is important because what happens is people don't, don't compute in their thinking, in their mind, what they are making available to them that ends up with a terrible consequence. The consequence is way later. And, and I think we don't even realize the power of this thought process. I was praying with a mom whose son is in jail. He was addicted, got caught, drugs. And I said to her, there's one good side about this. And she said, what? She was in tears and I, I don't, it's sad. I said, drugs are not available to him. 
And she went, oh my goodness, let's pray he stays there. <laughs> Availability. So this is, this is going to be a fun moment. How many of you, be honest, have ever been on a diet? Just, just kind of wave that. Some kind of diet. Okay. Stand and come forward. We want to hear all about, no, I'm just kidding. We, 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 this is fun. So I certainly have. And so there's all these different kinds of things. And so be honest. How many of you have actually cleared out your cupboards or your refrigerator of certain foods so it's not even in the house? Why'd you do that? So it wouldn't be, say it with me, available. Because right now I'm strong. I just had dinner and I ate really healthy. But after a couple shows and I want a midnight snack, that's going to be available. This makes things available. You can hit a few buttons here and reach high levels of anxiety just reading social media. Just think, I want you to just think about this. So many of the strongholds in people's lives are because they made it available. Last week, Tom gave such a great testimony, he and Shannon, I appreciate them. Someone bought that beer. Someone walked into a store and bought beer that would be consumed later. You walked into that pub. You don't just wake up in a hotel room with someone you're not supposed to be there with and go, oh, I don't know how I got here. <laughs> sure, sorry. That's the damage is done. It happened because you made it, say it with me, available. So I want you to think about what is available in your life and what you need to clear out so it's not available to you because if there's a stronghold that's happening in your life and there's a way to make it unavailable, that's a win. Now, it might not always have to be unavailable. Once you train your mind and you cross some lines of discipline and you like your behavior and you establish a new way of thinking, then you can say, no, not doing that. I know where that goes. And that's the last word that I want to put up here is action. You know, we have capability, availability, but then there's action. That's a big word because what I do with this and I choose to act on those impulses or I refuse to act on those impulses. It's an action and I choose to do something, either positive or negative. That's all happening, you guys, in my brain. It's all happening in the way that I think. I can change my behavior with these tools. You have all that you need. You don't need to ask God for anything else. You have the tools. It's a matter of you learning how to use them and equipping yourself. You are capable of acknowledging your weakness and coming back to the place it starts and removing it from the availability. I have a friend who removed his app looking at the stock market because he had listed all of his investments so it's right on the front page on his phone and he could hit the button one time and all of his world comes up and he was checking it 30 or 40 times a day. Worried, anxiety, he said, I can't do this. And boy, the stock market, the last few months, the last few years, it's all over the map. 
So he removed the app. He could still find the information another way, but at least it's not so fast for him. Why? He didn't want it to be available. It's, it's just amazing to me. I, I, all, these, all these ways that people get, that, all these sports app now, all this betting on, on sports. I mean, I know there's a, such a thing as a fun, silly thing you do, but, but my goodness, there's consequences to these actions. You don't, just, you don't just wake up in a casino some morning with your mortgage on the table ready to offer it up. Something happened way back there. Pay attention to those temptations and those weaknesses. Behavior is learned and often planned, and sometimes it's subconscious, and we don't even realize we're stuck in a behavior pattern that we don't like. We just don't want to suffer the consequences, so we try to avoid the end of that bad behavior, which usually doesn't happen very often. Usually the consequences come to us. So wrong thinking usually is from that bad behavior, but that means these, these tools can also work for right behavior because of right thinking. Right? So stay with me in this through these weeks. The number four is this. Transformation comes from the way we think. Transformation is is not just automatic. It starts with my thinking and then it turns into patterns of behavior. And and you've got to really be be hard on yourself this week. I did this this week. So I literally started monitoring my thinking. And I, I, I have this little thing in my pocket. It's a little journal. I don't journal that much. But I just would write down, okay, I, I drive the same way to work every time. Why? Is it the shortest route? Then I Googled it. And it wasn't the shortest route. But it does go by a restaurant that I like. <laughs> that, that a couple times a week I stop and take something home. So, so all of a sudden I'm looking at these patterns. Like, why am I, why am I doing that? Why do I sit in this chair? In our living room, there's another chair. Why am I turning this news on rather than that news? What? Just start questioning everything. Why am I doing this? And I'm telling you, you'll be surprised at how stuck we can get and not even know it. And I'm not saying you need to go change all that up. I'm just saying you're in a pattern of thinking right now. And your behavior is because of that pattern of thinking. And it might do you good to think. And that's what Romans 12, the second verse, the last half of the second verse We've already read the first and, and first part of verse 2. It says this. Let God transform you. Wow, I like that so far. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? Think. Then you will, keyword, say it with me, learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So here's the question. Does God change us? Be careful when you answer. <laughs> or do you change with the strength God has already given you? I, I hear people pray, oh, God, change this in me. I don't want to be this way anymore. He's given you all you need. Just accept that. Realize it. When you pray that, stop praying that. God's up there going, dude, I've given you everything. I, I so wish that, 
there was like a little SD card slot right behind my right ear. And wouldn't it be awesome? Every time someone accepts Christ, we bring them up here and we pull out a little box of SD cards called God Wins. And we say, we're going to take this old SD card out. Woo! Here's the new God card. You're thinking you're gonna, you're, this is going to blow your mind. It's not how it happens. God has not decided to come in and change your thinking. God has decided to partner with you for, so you can learn to change the way you think. I don't just say, okay, God, I'm ready for a new mind. Hit me with it. Wouldn't that be nice? It's not what happens. So you have the tools. Offer your body as a living sacrifice. And be willing to trust God to learn my new behavior patterns. You know, we're a culture, and this is, last couple thoughts, we're going to go to two ideas to practice this week, and it's just a starting point, but I want to say this. Our culture is really big on, on two words, fix it. I, if I, my laptop isn't working right, I, I want to take it to somebody, hand it to them over a counter and say, can you fix this? And they say, it's going to cost $200. And I go, okay, that's cheaper than buying a new one. Fix it. I need it to be fixed. What if they said, you know what? For $50, we can learn together and I'll teach you how to fix it. You know what I would say? No. (laughs) I don't want to know how to fix it. I want you to fix it. Because you know how and I don't. It's worth $200. (laughs) See, that's our culture, so that's what we do with God. Fix me. I hate myself. I'm tired of this life. God says, I've given it all to you. You have my son. You have my Holy Spirit. Come on, let's partner and let's fix it. And it's not try harder. It's letting God be joyful with you. It's seeing the tools in your garage and saying, let's put this sucker together. I've got all I need. I'm not going to live by the behavior of the patterns of this old repulsive world. I have a higher calling. Here's how you practice this week. Two really simple things. Number one is just recognize my behavioral patterns. Take, take an inventory this week. Laugh at yourself. Okay? Please, laugh at yourself. Have some fun. Why are you thinking the way you're thinking? What are my patterns? Why do I drive this route? Why do I do? Why do I say this phrase? Why, where'd that come from? Why is this always a tension for me? Why do I watch these shows? Just start asking all kinds of questions about your thinking and have some fun with it. Maybe if you're with another person today and you live in the same household, you could just say, let's do this together. Let's laugh at one another in a good, healthy way and, and let's identify why my behavior, why my patterns always default to this. And is it good or bad? Maybe your patterns are wonderful and you don't want to change a thing. You should probably ask if that's working for everybody or just you. <laughs> Number two is just capture my thoughts. Capture my thoughts. So when I'm over here in the, in the forefront of making a decision, you know, it's, 
It's true. I think it was uh, Pastor Daryl Haley last night when we were praying. He said that Smith Wigglesworth, who was a, a revivalist evangelist back in the day, that he used to say, you can't keep a bird from landing in a tree, but you can keep him from building a nest. You know, Billy, Billy Graham used to say, well, the first thought of lust might be natural, but the second thought is lust. And I have control over that. So I choose what I'm going to ponder on. And I get it. We live in a fallen world, so we're not going to escape temptation. We're not going to escape the needs of the flesh. It's all going to be there. But I'm going to learn how to process that through a body that is being offered as a living and holy sacrifice to God. 2 Corinthians 10.5, listen to this. This is the capture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought or capturing every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. You follow that? You know the little tool you give a, a kid when they're learning shapes and there's a ball and it has like a shape of a star on it and they pick up a star and they wiggle it around until it fits in there and then they go to the rectangle, then they go to the circle and they figure it out. That's what fits in here. That's what, that's what Paul's saying. We learn to put in the things that are the God shapes that fit in a life that's being offered as a holy, living sacrifice. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you love us so much you gave us all we need to live a godly life. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for empowering us. Thank you for last weekend when we recognized you are risen. You live in us. Thanks for giving us the tools. Help us to acknowledge that today. Help us to find some joy in discovering those in these bodies of ours. How many of you, you don't, I don't even want you to raise your hand to these, but just a couple kind of probing questions for you to answer in your, internally. How many of you need to stop trying and start training? You know, you're wearing yourself out just trying harder. Why don't you just stop that this week? And why don't you just get the tools that we've talked about today and start training your behavior, your skills, what's available that no longer needs to be available to you? How do you get out of that situation? I'm not, I'm not going to be in that anymore. That action's going to change. And it's just practical. And the second one is, I will capture my impure thoughts. I'm going I'm to observe what I think about, and I'm going to capture those babies, and I'm going to say, okay. I don't think this is a good one. How can I get rid of this? And let God give you some tools to actually start thinking about something good, something positive. This is how insecurity even can be dealt with. These don't have to be big, addictive, horrible sins that lead you to prison or lead you to, you know, broken relationships. These might just be little things. God, help us to trust you with everything in our life, but especially our brains. In our thought life. Purify us today. Help us to be able to walk out of here trusting you more. In Jesus' name, amen.